Again, diving deep into uh, Saints of Bengal with Sri Vijaya Krishna Goswami's story. He's from, he was uh, from Shantipur. This is a little longer story, so I hope we can make it in one hour. The story of Sri Vijaya Krishna Goswami is connected with his family deity, Sri Radha Shyama Sundar. It is said that the Sri Murti of Radha Shyama Sundar was installed by Sri Devakinandan Goswami, the grandson of Sri Advaita Acharya Prabhu, who is regarded like, like Nityananda Prabhu as non-different from Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And the work of Purohita or priest in the, in the installation ceremony was done by Advaita Acharya himself. So his deities were installed by Advaita Acharya. It is natural that the Sri Murti installed by Advaita Acharya, whose calls had brought down Sri Krishna from Golok to earth in the form of Sri Krishna Chaitanya, should have been fully alive and sportive uh, or Lilamaya, Lilamaya, meaning habitual in his performance of various kinds of Lilas, Lila sports. From the time of Devakinandana, Shyama Sundara has been worshipped as the fa- family deity by his descendants and had been playing the dual, uh, dual, dual through contradictory roles of the protector and protected. He has been to them their friend, philosopher, and guide, as also their sweet and loving child, who stood in need of their protection and service. In this family, in the ninth generation from Advaita Acharya, was born Mahabhagavata, a great devotee, Sri Ananda Chandra, Sri Ananda Chandra Goswami. Shyama Sundara was his life and soul. He served him with great devotion and piety. He took care even to wash the wood with which he prepared boga for him. He served him with great devotion and piety. He took care even to wash the wood with which he prepared bhoga for him. The service of the sadhu and Vaishnavas was an essential part of his daily life. He did not take prashad without serving the Vaishnavas. Sometimes a much larger number of Vaishnavas than expected came for prashad. On such occasions, Shyama Sundara saw to it that everyone was satisfactorily fed out of the food that was cooked. Ananda Chandra Goswami was famous as a pataka, meaning a reader of Srimad Bhagavatam. He regarded Srimad Bhagavatam as non-different from Sri Krishna. Therefore, as soon as he touched the Bhagavatam at the time of reading, Sattvika bhavas appeared all over his body. The symptoms of bhava of sattvika. Once on the holy day, holy day, he was reading Srimad Bhagavatam when a disciple came and gave him some gulag, red powder, which Hindus sprinkle over one another during holy festival. Uh, gave him some gulal for Shyama Sundar. Immediately, he sprinkled it over Srimad Bhagavatam. The disciple was unhappy to see that. But 
When he went to see Shyama Sundar, he was surprised to see the same gulal sprinkled over him. On Akshaya Tritiya day, while reading Srimad Bhagavatam, Ananda Chandra went into eternal samadhi and joined the eternal lila of Shyama Sundar in celestial Vrindavana. Even today, the people of Shantipur remember him as Rishi Goswami. Once Ramakrishna, the famous saint of Dakshineshwara, said to Vijaya Krishna, I have heard about a Goswami of Shantipur that while reading Srimad Bhagavatam, he had such horrification that blood oozed out of every pore of his body and his roar was so loud that it could be heard from a long distance. Vijay Krishna replied, He was no other than my father. Upon hearing this, Ramakrishna remarked, It is only a father like him who could give birth to a son like you. Vijay Krishna was born in 1841. Even while he was a child, it began to appear that he had intimate relationship with Shyama Sundar since his previous birth. He felt very much attracted by him and looked at him attentively. Whether he wept, he was taken before him. And whenever he wept, he was taken before him. As soon as he saw him, he stopped weeping. He stopped crying. <clears throat> when he began to crawl on his knees, a strict watch had to be kept on him. Because whenever he found an opportunity, he ran towards the temple and tried to catch Shyamasundar. When he learned to speak, he insisted on serving and adorning him, meaning Shyamasundar, with, with his own hands. When not permitted to do so, he wanted himself be adorned like Shyamasundar. And when adorned, he went happily and stood before Shama Sundar so that he might see him. When he learned to walk, he wanted to go out and play with him. Once in a state of trance, he was heard saying to him, You have run away with my ball. Tomorrow, when you go out to play, you will see how I avenge. That day, he did not eat in anger because he was not allowed to go to the temple to fight with Shyamasundar. The next day, when the entrancement was over, people asked him about the, about the episode. He said he did not know anything about it. Didn't want to say. <laughs> when Ananda Chandra Goswami read Srimad Bhagavatam, Vijaya went and sat before him and listened, and listened to the pata attentively, to the reading attentively. It appeared as if Shukadev was reading and Parishit was listening. Everything about the child, Vijaya, was extraordinary. Whatever he said about someone's future came true. People thought that it was some god who possessed him and spoke through him. Vijaya could not tolerate injustice or harass, harassment done to anyone. Once a landlord of Shantipur wanted to punish one of his tenants for some minor fault, or fault of his, or some minor fault of his, he asked one of his servants to push a bamboo into his anus. Oh my God. <laughs> This was too inhuman and tyrannical for Vijaya to tolerate. As the servant was going to do this, he came rushing forward before the landlord and, trembling with rage, yelled, You tyrant, demon, rascal! And then, he, and then fell senseless 
on the ground. The landlord was surprised to see the courage and indignation to see the courage and indignation of the child. He felt ashamed and let off the tenant. <clears throat> Vijaya started his education under the tutelage of the great Acharya Sri Bhagavan Pandit. His intelligence was, intelligence was so sharp and memory so powerful that he grasped quickly whatever he was taught and stored it in his memory for forever, whatever he read or heard. He stood first in every examination. As he advanced in age, two important traits of his character, his religiousness and propensity for, for selfless social service became manifest. Every day after his bath in the Ganges, he served Shyamasundar with devotion, observed fast on Ekadashi and other days on which fast was enjoined by the Shastras and did everything else that a devout Hindu was required to do. He was distressed to see the condition of the society, which suffered not only on account of natural calamities like flood, famine, plague, and cholera, but also on account of some evil practices that had crept into it. Therefore, he organized a band of young men devoted to social service to fight and remove them. At the age of 18, Vijaya Krishna was married by his widowed mother. This did not make any difference to his religious and social activities. Also, at the age of 18, Vijaya's education at Shantipur was completed. For higher education, he joined the Sanskrit College in Calcutta. During those days, the people of Bengal were rapidly coming under the influence of Western civilization. They were either becoming atheists or Christians. It was necessary to stop this as well as to reform the degenerated Hindu society by removing all the evils that had crept into it. Three great men, Raja Ramamohana Roy, Maharshi Devendranath, and Keshava Sen, vowed to do this. They founded Brahma Samaja, a religious sect based entirely on the tenets of the Vedas. A strong movement for the purification of Hindu religion was thus started. Vijaya Krishna also joined it. The leaders of Brahma Samaja were pleased to find a powerful, pious, intelligent, and energetic person like Vijaya Krishna. They entrusted him with the responsibility of preaching the new faith. He started preaching with all the zest and energy at his command. Also, at this time, Vijaya Krishna conscience suffered a shock which changed his lifestyle as a Goswami and created a problem for his family. An old lady who was initiated by his father came and fell at his feet and said in a voice choked with emotion, Prabhu, I am a fallen soul. Kindly deliver me from the bondage of Maya. I can no more suffer its cruel strokes. This made him shiver. He began to think, the lady has absolute faith in me. But do I deserve it? I am myself in the clutches of Maya. How can I deliver her? If I cannot, why should I undeserve, undeservedly and falsely act as a guru? From that day, 
he ceased to perform the function of the Guru, which his predecessors had been doing since, since the time of Advaita Chakra. This created a problem for the family because its only income was the donations it received from the disciple. To solve the problem, Vijay Krishna thought of ad- adopting the profession of doctor, through which he could maintain the family and also do some social service. Therefore, he left the Sanskrit college and joined medical college. While studying in the medical college, he continued the work of preaching the Brahma Dharma. But since he could not, uh, could not now give much time to preaching, and there was no other powerful preacher in Brahma Samaja, the preaching work of the Samaja suffered a great deal. It was found after some time that the Samaja was almost on the verge of extinction. And it was now the final year of Vijaya's medical studies and the final examination was soon to be held. After a few months, he would have become a doctor and started practice. But for the sake of Samaja, he gave up studies and not caring from the prospects of a bright career as a doctor, he started preaching with redoubled energy. But the problem of the maintenance of the family remained unsolved. At this time, uh, Devendranath, Devend, uh, Devendranath proposed some salary for the preachers, preachers of the Samaj. The proposal was opposed by Vijay Krishna in spite of his in, instead of his needs, yeah. Salary for preaching Dharma, it was Adharma or against Dharma or religion, he thought. Without any means of livelihood, Vijay Krishna now had to pass very hard days of want and destitution. It was not possible for him to arrange for two square meals a day, and he had sometimes even to fast. During the days, the destitution, he had the full cooperation of his saintly wife, Srimati Yogamaya Devi. Very soon, Vijay Krishna Goswami Swami began to be recognized as one of the foremost leaders of Brahma Samaj. On Sundays, many people, including Christians and Mohammedans, Muslims, came to participate in collective sadhana started by him and to attend his powerful and highly inspiring discourses. The place where the sadhana and the lectures were organized used to be so crowded that there was hardly an inch of space left. The followers of Brahma Samaj were happy to see this. They began to say, The people who say there is nothing substantial in Brahma Samaj should come and see Goswamiji. There is not a single person like him in the Hindu Samaj. But the Hindus Hindus felt that cold water was thrown on their hope that Vijaya Krishna would prove to be an ideal Hindu. And would work for the protection of Hinduism. They were surprised to see that his religious views had undergone a total change. Vijay Krishna, who never took even a drop of water without worshipping Chamasundar, had become Advaitavadi and did not now believe in the necessity of deity worship. In this connection, Vijay Krishna Goswami has himself written, After studying the Hindu Shastras, I became a staunch Vedanti. I believed that all was Brahma. I too was Brahma. 
and no worship was necessary. Vijay Krishna had now almost renounced Shyamasundar, the lila of love, which used to go on between him and Shyamasundar, now began to be regarded by him as a kind of illusion. No wonder, because in Advaitaism, the form, attributes, and the lila of Brahman are regarded as products of Maya. This was a period of trial for Shyamasundar. The question was whether Shyamasundar was also going to forget Vijaya. Was he going to watch the change that, had, that has taken place in him silently, like one who was totally unconcerned with it? Was he going to allow the seed of bhakti that had sprouted in his heart and had been growing as a creeper to try and disappear? This was against the nature of Shyamasundar. Once he caught a person, he never leaves him. It is also not the nature of the creeper of bhakti to dry and disappear. Wow, this is beautiful. Always, there's always hope <laughs> that the nature of creeper of bhakti is not to try and disappear. It may temporarily be covered by something and its growth may be stunted, but it remains as it is. Even after the death of the person, it remains as it was before his death. Bharata is an example of this. He was born as a deer because in his previous birth, he had, he had developed attachment for the phone of a deer. But even as deer, he had not forgotten his true self and his bhakti had not diminished. In the case of Vijay also, despite all that had happened, his samskara's natural disposition for bhakti had not altogether disappeared. He liked Sankirtan very much. He regarded it as a powerful means for melting the heart and concentrating the mind. Therefore, he thought of introducing Sankirtan as an essential part of sadhana in Brahma Samaj. In Brahma Samaj, meditation was the main part of sadhana. Vijay introduced Kirtan as a collective sadhana on Sundays. This brought into light his independent and revolutionary character. He began to be criticized by the Samaj. He felt disturbed by the criticism. To restore his peace of mind, he went to Shantipur. Though Throughout his, this period, Vijay Krishna had not once remembered Shyamasundar. Shyamasundar had not forgotten him. He continued to revive his memory of him from time to time by means of his commands or requests of various kind. In later years, Vijay Krishna sometimes thus described them to his disciples in a joyous Joyous. Joyous. Mm. Joyous mood. Once Shyamasundar came to me and said, Look, Vijay, I want to wear a golden crown. Get me one. I said, I do not believe in you. Why not go and ask someone who believes? <laughs> Where shall I find the money for your crown? He said, Look, your aunt has some money in her jumpy. It's like a little, some little box. Take that. When I spoke about this to my aunt, she said, Vijay, yesterday Shyamasundar said to me in a dream, Aunt, get me a golden chuda crown. Where shall I find that? The money. I do not have a single paisa. I said, I said, he said, I know you can easily give 40 or 50 rupees. With this, my aunt began to weep and say, 
Alas, I had secretly kept 68 rupees in the jumpy. No one knew about them. She gave me the money. I went to Dhaka and got the chuda, the, the crown made. Shyama Sundar wears the same chuda, same crown today. In the evening, when I was on the roof, Shyama Sundar peeped through the door and said, Oh, Vijay, come and see how I look with the chuda. I said, Why should I? I do not believe in you. <laughs> he said, How does it matter when, whether you believe or not? Is there any harm in seeing? So he wanted to uh, attract him. I went near and looked at him. I was charmed by his affectionate smile and the resplendent beauty of his face. While engaged in preaching, I often went home to see my mother. Once during midday, I was sitting in this room. Shyama Sundar came to me and said, Look, today they gave me food but did not give me water. Immediately I called my aunt and said, Aunt, Shyama Sundar says you did not serve him water today. She said, Yes, Shyama Sundar did not speak to anyone else. He spoke to you because you are a gyani. I said, Well, why not go and see? No, she didn't trust, actually. She was saying, like, Oh, yeah, but like Shyama Sundar was telling to you because you're a gyani. He didn't want to tell us. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why he said, Well, why not go and see? She went and saw that actually water was not served. In this manner, whenever the Pujari made any mistake, Shyama Sundar came and spoke to me. Ever since my childhood, Shyama Sundar continued to shower his mercy upon me, even though I did not have full faith in him. This time, when Vijay Krishna returned home, he was very unhappy, and the thought of Shyama Sundar repeatedly came to his mind. Shyama Sundar thought that that, uh, that that was the opportune moment for him to have his turn give jibe. Uh, I don't understand this. Jibe at him. He came and said with a smile. Shyama Sundar came and said with a smile. Jibe means like a joke. A uh, joke. Oh, Vijay. You do not believe in me, don't you? The sarcastic remark of Shyama Sundar brought tears in the eyes of Vijay. He said in a voice choked with emotion, Prabhu, if you are so merciful to me and want me to remain your own, why did you let me go astray and demolish everything like Kalapahada? It's a Kalapahada, a Brahmin who became Muslim and launched tyrannical attacks against the Hindus to demolish everything pertaining to Hindu religion and culture. He was called Kalapahada, Black Mountain. So uh, why did you let me go astray and demolish everything like Kalapahada? Shyama Sundar said, how are you concerned with that? What I have demolished, I shall reconstruct. Don't you know that what, what is reconstructed after demolition is better than what is demolished? Gold is melted so that what is not gold, gold in it is removed and it becomes pure. Shyama Sundara gave Vijaya a long rope. He made him go anywhere he liked and do what he liked. He made him a pauper and a preacher so that his samskaras of jnana and karma were removed. And he realized that Bhagavan could be attained neither by sacrifice nor renunciation, nor by jnana or karma. He could not be attained. He could be. He could be attained only 
by pure bhakti, unmixed with jnana and karma. Vijay Krishna Goswami's samskaras of jnana and karma were now removed. He had realized the state uh, of composure that nishkama karma or action without any desire for one's own self uh, could give by acting as an ideal preacher without desiring anything for himself. He had also realized the final state that jnana could give by meditating on Nirishesha Brahma. Kulada Ramachari has written that once he was requested to deliver a lecture on Brahmagyana and Brahmavadi. He started speaking and immediately went into Samadhi, which lasted for hours. Vijay Krishna rejected karma and jnana because they failed to satisfy his inner self. But he still felt attracted to yoga. Shyamasundar perhaps thought that when everything was to be demolished for reconstructions, why should the last vestige of the old samskara remain undemolished? He left Vijay Krishna free to pursue the path of yoga. Vijay Krishna began to look for a guru proficient in yoga. He went to the Himalayas and to Tibet and wandered from forest to forest. At last, he met Swami Brahmananda, a great saint who had become Siddha by practicing yoga at the top of the Akashganga mountain near Gaya. He took initiation from him and began to practice yoga in a cave in Akashganga mountain. Swami Brahmananda lived in Manasarovara, but he appeared before him when necessary to guide him in his sadha. During this period, Vijay Krishna once went to Kashi and took sannyas from Sri Hari Hari Harananda Saraswati with a view to renounce the world. But Brahmanandaji appeared before him and said, Brahma, here, yeah, for him, give, give up the, no, Brahmanandaji is that uh, guru, yeah, appeared before him and said, give up the idea of renunciation. It is necessary that you live in the world and work for the emancipation of the fallen souls. Also, you need not bother about leaving Brahma Samaj. In due course, it will itself fall off like the skin of a snake. Vijay Krishna then returned to the Akshaganga mountain and began to practice sadhana as before as before. Brahmanandaji continued to come from time to time to guide him. Once Vijay Krishna expressed to Brahmanandaji his doubt about the supernatural, supernatural powers of a Siddha yogi, then Brahmanandaji demonstrated to him anima bhagima, power to become small uh, as an atom or invisible, and the other siddhis of yoga. He also entered with his subtle body into the dead body of a man lying in a nearby forest. The man came to life and stood before Vijay Krishna. Soon after, Brahmanandaji came out of his body and entered his own. In due course, Vijay Krishna also acquired all the cities of yoga. He also realized Asham Pragyata Samadhi, the highest stage of yoga. But this also did not satisfy him. His heart went back to Shyamasun. It began to yearn for his complete realization. At this time, Brahmanandaji appeared before him and said, Kosain, 
you now go to Braja and do bhajana in that land of Krishna. Very soon, you will realize Krishna and his leela. Vijay Krishna went to Braja and began to do bhajana according to Shuddha Bhakti, unmixed with jnana, karma, or yoga. It was not necessary for him to take Vaishnava Diksha from anyone, because he had already received Vaishnava Diksha from his mother according to Vamsha Parampara, or disciplic succession according to family tradition. But he found the company of Sida, Shrigorkishor Shiromani of Vrindavana, very useful. As Brahmanandaji had predicted, Vijay Krishna soon began, began to swim in the ocean of Prema Bhakti Rasa, and the divine lila of Radha Krishna began to unfold itself to him. He did not have to meditate on lila. Lila manifested itself to him at any time, sometimes even while he was eating, drinking, or singing. The nights also passed like this. He slept only for an hour towards the end of night. Once he was sitting on the bank of Yamuna, his daughter Kuru was with him. Suddenly he exclaimed, No, no, he will not drown you. Kuru said, Baba, what are you saying and to whom? To whom else would I say? I do not understand, Baba. Clarify. Krishna and the gopis were enjoying boating. Krishna began to turn the boat as if he was going to drown the gopis. The gopis started crying. Then I said, he will not drown you. Because I knew he was doing that only to frighten them. Goswamiji also had the darshana of the spiritual Vrindavan. The spiritual character of the trees and creepers of Vrindavan was also revealed to him. He used to say to his disciples, the trees of Vrindavan are all superhuman beings. They live there in the form of trees for the sake of darshana of the Leela of Radha Krishna. I had their darshana several times. At this time, Yoga Maya Devi also came to Vrindavana, his wife, and began to live with Goswami. Sri Ramadas Katriya Baba, Asida Saint, heard some people criticizing Goswamiji as a sannyasi living with his wife. He reprimanded them by saying, Stop it. He is a Siddha and powerful saint. Such saints are like fire, which burns everything. They are above all the rules and regulations of justice. Goswamiji did not want that Yogamaya Devi should live with him. He had already written to her that she should not come to Vrindavana. But for some time, Goswamiji had not been keeping well. She had, come to, she, had, she had come to know this. So she had come. Goswamiji said to her, If you want to live in Vrindavana, live in a separate house. She replied, I have not come to Vrindavana for the sake of the spiritual benefit of living in the, this holy place. I have come to serve you in the present state of your health. There was thus a long dispute between them. At the end, Goswamiji said, If you do not go elsewhere, I shall go. I shall not live with you. The next day, Yogamaya was about to go for a bath in the Yamuna with Kulada Brahmachari, a disciple of Goswamiji. Before going, Brahmachariji bowed down to the deity of the Kunja, of Kunja power, in which Goswamiji was standing. As soon as he raised his head, 
he saw that Yogamaya Devi had disappeared. He looked all around, but could not find her. It was surprising that she had disappeared all of a sudden, even though the outer door of the Kunja was closed. He went out and told Goswamiji about this with great concern. Goswamiji laughed and said, Do not worry. She had been taken away by Brahmanandaji. Yesterday, after the wrangle with her, I remembered Brahmanandaji. He said, Don't worry, I shall bring her. Brahmachari said, How did he take her away? I did not see him. How could you see? He came in his subtle body. But Mao was in physical body. I did not see her either. The yogis can do anything. They can turn the gross into subtle. He made her subtle by mixing the five elements of her physical body into those elements. Where did he take her? To Mana, Mana Sarovar, where he lives. The Mana, Sarovar, Mana Sarovar in Tibet? No, 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 no. That is the geographical Manasarava, called Manatalava. Anyone can go to that Manasarava. The Manasarava, where he lives, lies on the way to Kailash, the abode of Shiva. Only the Siddha yogis can go there. Many rishis, munis, gods, and goddesses live there. The reason for Goswamiji's ill health probably was the food he had to eat. In Vrindavana, he lived in the Kunja of Damodar Pujari, in which there was a temple of Dauji. Damodar used to serve Dauji. Goswamiji used to give him the money his disciples sent from Bengal. He offered Boga to Dauji out of that money and gave the prasad to Goswamiji. He was a poor and greedy Brajavas. Therefore, in order to save as much money as possible, he offered boga of very poor and unwholesome quality. One morning, Damodar came trembling and weeping to Goswamiji and fell at his feet. His cheeks were swollen. It was obvious that someone had beaten him. Somebody was hitting him. Goswamiji said to him, Why? What has happened? He replied, Yesterday night, while I was asleep, I saw a dream. I saw that Dauji came and began to slap me right and left with both hands, saying, Hypocrite, you do not feed me and Goswamiji well. Goswami remains hungry day after day. Today I shall trash you. <laughs> Today I shall trash you well for the offense you have been committing. I cried out on account of pain, and my sleep was broken. But I still feel the pain. You can see that my cheeks are swollen. Goswamiji said, Damodar. You are fortunate because Dauji has punished you. Serve him well. You will be blessed. One day, in the evening, of an, old, uh, an old lady came to Goswamiji and said, Ma Goswamini is sitting in my house. I do not know when and how she came and from where. Immediately, Goswamiji asked Yoga Jivana, his son, to go and bring her. Yoga Jivana went and brought her. There was no change in her, in her except that she was putting on orange-colored clothes. Yoga Jivana asked, asked her how she had suddenly disappeared. She replied, Brahmanandaji had come with five Mahapurushas. Each had a turban on his head. They took me to the opposite bank of Yamuna and asked me to bathe. After I had bathed, I do not know how and where they took me. I saw that I had come 
to a beautiful mountain where there was perfect peace and happiness. Brahmanandaji had kept these five men with me for my protection. I went with them wherever I liked. I was so happy there that I did not want to come back. But I could not live there without Kutu, who is so dear to me. Therefore, I have come. Yoga Maya had desired to leave her body in Rindavan. So she, so she did soon after he had come, she had come. In Vrindavana, Goswamiji used to listen to the reading of Chaitanya Charitamrita from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. After that, he himself read out Srimad Bhagavatam to a small audience. Among the audience, there used to be a fat and powerful monkey who was perhaps the leader of the monkeys of Vrindavana. Every day, exactly at the time of reading, he came and sat by the side of Goswamiji and remained sitting quietly till the reading was over. During this period, if anyone gave him something to eat, he kept it aside and they ate after the reading was over. If any monkey disturbed the reading, he stared at him in such a way that he had to run away. Once some monkeys took away Goswamiji's lota, a small vessel, vessel for water, 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 water. Goswamiji said to the fat monkey, some monkeys has taken away our lota. Can you get it back? Immediately the monkey went to the top of a building and looked all around. After some time, he brought the lota. He bring back that pot. Goswamiji loved the monkey very much. He used to say that he was a Vaishnava Mahatma who lived in Vrindavana in that form. After Vijaya Krishna Goswami had lived in Raja for some time and realized the final stage of Prema Bhakti, Brahmanandaji appeared before him one day and said, Vijay Krishna, your sadhana is over. You now go home. Give diksha to others and conduct them on the path of bhakti so that they may also attain all that you have attained and be blessed. Goswamiji went home and started giving diksha. At the time of diksha, while he uttered the mantra into the ear of the disciple, the disciple usually had some extrasensory experience. Once, while he was giving Diksha through, to Sri Nagendranath Patacharya, he saw a tall, white-bearded, lustrous figure standing behind him. When he asked Goswamiji about it, he said, Oh, you saw Brahmananda Paramahamsaji. It is not I, but he who gives Diksha through me, I'm only a tool in his hand. After some time, Goswamiji went to Dharabhanga, where he fell seriously ill. The doctors declared that there was no hope for his life. The relatives were informed. They came. While they were sitting around him in sorrowful mood, a tall, white-colored sannyasi came and sat in the veranda outside. No one paid attention to him. In the afternoon, it was noticed that there was a sudden change in the condition of Goswamiji. There was no sign of any disease or weakness. In the evening, he took part in Sankirtana and danced. He took part... Uh, one second. I hope you are all uh, okay that I continue reading. We still have uh, four pages <laughs> from 23. So we passed little time, but who wants to listen, please stay. Later, he told his disciples, that day, did you not see that Mahatma who came and sat in the veranda? He was Gurudev. He came to save me from the mouth of death, because that day I was destined to die. 
He said, you must live for some time more for the good of mankind. Thus, Goswamiji survived and continued to give diksha to people and guide them along the path of Shudabhati. At the time of diksha, he gave the following instructions to his disciples. While doing japa, one should meditate on the guru. From the figure of the guru will appear Sri Bhagavan and his lila. Second, guru sangha, company of the guru, means obedience to the guru. The guru exists even after his body is gone. He is always with the disciple and takes care of him. The third, the sadaka should not change the seat and time of bhajana. The fourth, the sadaka should get up at 2 a.m. and do bhajana. That is the time when many Mahapurushas roam about in subtle forms. They give their blessings to the sadaka and help him. The fifth, bhakti generates a kind of nectar which drops from the palate, palate, palate uh, roof of the mouth, palate, it is intoxicating. Only a few drops of it stop hunger and thirst for six or seven days and keep the body greasy and strong. It tastes differently according to the different bhavas of the sadhakas. It makes the sadhaka unaware of the external world, but fully aware of the internal world. Sixth, Vrindavana is a live tirtha. It is uh, eternally charged with spiritual powers. Continuous living in Vrindavana enables the sadhaka to attain the lotus feet of Krishna. But living in Vrindavana is fruitful only if the, if the following rules are strictly observed. One, uh, first one, one must not commit violence. Then, one must not talk ill of others. Then, one must not waste time. Uh-huh. Uh, because uh, this, for time, he said, the Swamiji said, uh, used to say that the best time for sadhana is the present time. He had written on the wall of his room in bold letters, this time will not come again. So what the best time for sadhana? Now. (laughs) Okay. Then one must always be engaged in bhajana. Then one must regard self-conceit as his biggest enemy. um, Self-conceit. Interesting. Just give me one second. It's important. Self-conceit is uh, an an exaggerated opinion on one's own qualities or abilities. Uh Like vanity. Pride. So, uh, one must regard pride as his biggest enemy. Okay. Then, while doing doing Namajapa, one should think that the soul is different from the body. To think that the soul is the body is the cause of bondage. Then, nama is all, name is all. It is more fruitful if nama japa is tuned with the inhalation and exhalation of breath. It is through inhalation and exhalation that blood is purified and flows in every part of the body. When nama is mixed with breath, it permeates every atom of the body. Vijay Krishna Goswami's firm belief in Nama Japa as the, as the remedy uh, for all ills uh, once led to such serious conflict with Lokanan Brahmachari, a Siddha yogi of great repute, and his friend, that the yogi had to leave his body on account of it. Interesting. Lokanath Brahmachari lived in Bharati secretly. No one knew about him. Goswamiji came to know about him in Samadhi. Since then, he often went to him 
and advised his disciples also to go to him. He became his closest friend. When Vijay Krishna Goswami fell ill in Daravanga, some of his disciples went to inform him. He said to them, you go to Daravanga. I am also coming. The same day when Yoga Jivana, the same day when Yoga Jivana, yeah, yeah, Vijay Krishna Goswami's son uh, and some of his disciples were going from Dhaka to Kolkata by ship on their way to Darabanga. They saw Brahmacharichi flying to Darabanga like a bird in the sky and making gestures to them. Differences between him and Goswamiji began when he started advising the disciples of Goswamiji to go back to the world and perform karma in order to destroy, destroy prarabdha, or destiny as determined by past actions. Because, as he said, no sadhana could bear fruit until the prarabdha was destroyed. Goswamiji said that prarabdha could be destroyed by nama-japa, not by karma. Besides nama-japa, the Shastra said that prarabdha should be destroyed if all our actions, including eating, drinking, sleeping, sitting, moving, etc., were performed for the sake of Bhagavan, not for one's own sake. But they were destroyed more easily by Japa, particularly if it was tuned with the inhaling and exhaling of breath. Brahmacharya was at that time 156 years old. He had desired to live for 100 years more. But his differences with Vijay Krishna Goswami became so sharp that he left his body at the age of 156. At that time, Vijay Krishna Goswami lived in Vrindavan. Before leaving the body, he went to Vrindavana in his subtle body. Throughout the night, he wrangled with him. Goswamiji said, You sometimes teach Advaitaism to my disciples. Sometimes advise them to do karma. Your advice has spoiled them. Brahmacharya said, I am living in this world for the good of the people. If you think I am not doing any good to them, should I leave the body? Goswamiji said, You may do what you like. I have nothing to do with your body. The next day, Brahmacharya left his body. After some time, Goswamiji went to Nilachal. There was no limit to his happiness to find himself there in the proximity of Lord Jagannath. Every day, after taking his bath in the sea, he went to the temple for his darshan and performed dance and kirtana before him. The people of Nilachal were surprised to see tears, tremor, manipulation, and the other sattvika bhavas appear on his body during Kirtan. The time had come now, uh, the time had now come for him to leave the world. He lived in Nilachal for a year. Gradually, his body became weak, and it was not possible for him to go to the sea for bathing. But every day, when he got up from the asana after meditation and came out of his room, People saw water dropping from his matted hair. When someone asked him about it, he said, Why? I have just taken back in the sea. Goswamiji's fame and influence spread so rapidly in Nilachal that some people got jealous of him. They hatched a plan to kill him. One day, a sadhu came and offered him a ladu, sweet ladu, saying, This is the prashad of Jagannath. Eat it. 
the Swamiji knew that there was poison in the ladder. But how could he refuse to accept the prashat of Jagannath? He thought that perhaps it was Jagannath's wish that he should leave the body by taking poison. So he ate the ladu at once. The poison worked slowly. After a month, on the, on the 22nd day of the month of Jeshta in 1899, he left the body to join Shyama Sundara in his eternal lila in celestial Vrindavan. Vijay Krishna Goswami's life was a harmonious combination of jnana, karma, yoga, and bhakti. He attained perfection in each, but his mind finally settled in bhakti. Shyama Sundara was instrumental in this. Perhaps Shyama Sundara made him go through the paths of jnana, karma, and yoga, and finally adopt bhakti because he wanted for the benefit benefit of the jivas to to prove through him the super excellence of bhakti, both as end and means, keeping at the same time jnana, karma, and yoga at their proper places, according to their need and usefulness. So it was a long story. I hope you got something from the story and some inspiration came to you. One thing is interesting, which I was mentioning a few times in previous readings, how actually it is good to have a place where you do your bhajan, where you sit for bhajan, and that you always have the same place and that place is prepared for Vajana. And one of his instructions was, one of his instructions was uh, to have same place for Sadhana. Rathe, rathe, go.